Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. That's, that's all right, I need no five minutes. Touchdown! This is Believe in Vikings. I am your host, Dustin Baker. Per usual, I'm here with Bryant McKinney, Super Bowl champion with the Baltimore Ravens. We got a full house tonight because Troy Williamson, formerly of the Minnesota Vikings, the wide receiver, he is in the house. And then we also have Sally from Minneapolis, Ron from Eden Prairie, and another guest, Alexis from Florida. We are going to pick Williamson's brain tonight, probably the usual past and present stuff. Hopefully some nostalgia comes out of it. And we'll go from there. First, we're going to talk about betonline.ag. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. The Masters is here. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best place to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to uh, betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and then receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Troy, welcome to the show. How are you tonight, sir? I'm doing good. I'm actually doing great. Excellent. And you're coming to us from South Carolina, correct? That's correct. Oh, wonderful. Okay, well, I'm going to kick things off. we got a series of questions for you. You went to South Carolina, and one of the keynote players in this draft is J.C. Horn. So I mm-hmm. wanted to know your thought thoughts on his perspective in the NFL and if there's any possibility you think he winds up in purple. Purple is pick and win. Oh, 14. 14. 14. And we suddenly might need a corner because of yeah. events this last week. I don't think he'll make it to 14. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I think he's a great player in a lot of teams before Minnesota uh, needs need corners. And I think Arizona picks before Minnesota, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, are they after remember. us? I can't I think remember. They're after. I think they're a couple after. Well, so Arizona was a team that I, I thought he was going to make it to, but uh, all the mock draft that I've been seeing, I've been seeing they, that Minnesota's getting another receiver. So <laughs> that probably kind of threw me for a loop. But it uh, should. If, if y'all uh, if y'all need corners, I, I believe J.C. Horn is, is the guy that uh, that'll that'll make it happen for uh, for Minnesota. Do you have think- him as the top corner in this class? I don't. Ooh. Mm. Who the hell is? Uh, what is it? Patrick Sertain. Mm-hmm. Caleb. Farley? I think that's the guy who I got. Uh, okay. But he's second. Okay. And then Farley probably third. Yeah, I actually Cardinal have Asante pick- Samuel Jr. Uh, third. Ooh, wow. The top three with the bloodlines. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I agree. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, the Cardinals pick 16, so barring a trade. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I know that they're probably in the market for a corner with uh, Peterson leaving. Oh, for right. us, but uh And didn't did Minnesota just get Peterson, right? Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. So, so would it be smart to pick another corner? Well, oh, with Jeff Gladney's news this week, uh, it, you can't uh, put it off the table anymore. So Understood. Understood. It can never be too deep at that position when you're going like up against Aaron Rodgers twice a year. So. And plus, like our co- the line, you can never have too many offensive line, but I agree. Right. That's where I, I 100% think we need offensive line at 14, but yeah. uh, now who knows? So. Uh, yeah. Our head coach has a um, very pronounced fetish for cornerbacks in the first <laughs> round. So um, if anybody's going to do it, even though they're kind of deep already, it's going to be this man. Right. So. Come in. 
sorry. <laughs> I got people knocking at my door. It's all good. This yeah, is in, right? this is informal. All right, Sally, what do you got for Troy? Well, first of all, I love the fetish description. Um, that's, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> But I wouldn't use that word, but it's good. So, um, Troy, just to touch on the draft, um, I'm curious, what was your experience like back in 2005? Was that a really nerve wracking time leading up to it? Just all the uncertainty. And um, did you have an idea where you were going to be drafted? Did you have a preference where you were going? Um, Walk us through that. Well, for me, uh, that's so long ago. I mean, it's been. (laughs) It was a long time ago. Yeah. So, but uh, for me, I knew that I probably would make it. I wouldn't make it past Washington. I met with uh, Minnesota, but I didn't fly into Minnesota. So I didn't kind of know where they were up until I got the phone call. Uh, and then I, I kind of knew that I was about to be picked by Minnesota. I knew it between me and was it Mike Williams at the time. Okay. USC, uh, yeah. So I knew between us uh, who Minnesota was going to pick at that time. Mm-hmm. Did you think you would go in the first round? Did you? I knew I was going. I knew I was going to go in the first round. I just didn't know where. Yeah. And I didn't know if it was going to be top ten or not. Okay. So yeah. So now, as a wide receiver, um, mm-hmm. like obviously the transition from the from college ranks to the NFL is tough at any position, but it seems like wide receiver is one where um, that can can be tough because or can be more tough than other positions because Maybe of that. that's not yeah. true. Well, you know so that's what that I because I looked at some of the receivers that came in this year, Justin Jefferson for for one. Yeah. I mean a guy that came in and really showed that he can that he can play. And you got some other guys like CD Lamb and yeah. uh some guys from from Bama that okay. you know that 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 can play. Uh and I, why I'm going to piggyback on that. I know for me when I was coming in, I can always say that now that I look back and I, I can recall that I can say that I wasn't ready mentally to be in that position, to be drafted at number seven, and then try to come in and replace a guy like a Randy Moss. I know I wasn't uh, ready mentally to be put in that position to, to put in the work that I needed to do to, uh, to, to be able to do that. Didn't know what it took to be able to take over that position. How did that? Um, you actually kind of answered that question along with one of my other questions, but I'll kind of piggyback on that now. Um, with that being said, like with the whole, you know, we as Vikings fans are aware, like, you know, Randy Moss is a god in this town. Um, no so was that like, was that something that put added pressure on you that probably wasn't fair to you? The fact that you're, we traded you for, or we traded Randy Moss, essentially got you, but there, I mean, no, no one can compare to Randy Moss. Like, you know, it's, I mean, it's, it's really, I guess, uh, how would I put it? I wanted to be drafted high, the highest team that wanted to pick me, but I don't know if I wanted to actually come in and try to replace a guy like Randy Moss. Right. I can say that uh, as far as I can uh, mentally was not ready. I, I'm, I can go back and look at, look at my career and how I played in college, how I played in high school. I was mentally ready to, to come in and just play. No pressure. Go in and perform and do what you got to do. Now, when you get to the stage of playing in the National Football League, you you have a guy that you looked up to, a guy that you uh, look at as as a guy that you can say that uh, as could be the the best receiver that ever played the game of of in NFL. Second right. to uh, he's second to Jerry Rice to me, but uh, he's still he's in the you know, conversation. Yeah, right, right. I agree. So, but uh, I can say I I I said again, and I'll keep saying it. Probably do this whole thing. I wasn't mentally ready to be put in that position. That's fair. 
All right, B Mac joined us. What up, big man? Big Mac. Hey, sorry, I was being late. <laughs> it's the first time for everything. We were just yeah. ho- we were hoping you didn't no show and put Troy in an awkward spot with all these weirdos. It would. It's oh, okay. No, no, no. I, I can. I know how to handle myself in the room. You know. <laughs> yeah, you got people knocking you at your doors up. and everything. <laughs> right. All right, Alexis. What do you got for Troy and or Bryant? Okay, Troy. Nice meeting you. My, I have a couple. I think I'm going to flip flop here since we're talking about Randy Moss. Do you think your time in the NFL would have ended differently if Minnesota hadn't been the team that drafted you first? Who knows? I mean, that's a question that when I first got it, uh, left the league that I would ask myself all the time. But you can ask yourself that question over and over and over. What happened, happened. I got drafted number seven overall. To Minnesota mm-hmm. to replace a guy like Randy Moss. I didn't live up to the hype. It is what it is. And I uh I let the chips fail the way they fell, and I I, I gotta live with that. Right. Um, okay. Well, to go, so you're drafted in 2005. Your first yes, year with your with your first year with the team, um, you have Mike Tice, mm-hmm. who, in my opinion, was unjustly and unfortunately fired. Yeah. Um, at the end of the year, and then Brad Childers comes in and takes over the team. And um, we can touch on that a little bit later, the specifics of what went down there. But what was that like, the culture change? And Bryant, I'm wondering for you too, just the culture change in the locker room the following year, was that hard to adjust to? Big Mac, you going to take me, that? Yeah, for me it was because uh, I actually was a guy who liked my tights. And I was open at the beginning to the new coach, but um, like I keep saying, he rubbed me and I know Dante the wrong way from the beginning. I kept calling him Donovan, kept calling me Trey Thomas. I felt like that was an insult. Um, and I just think he came from Philly, so he used to talk to him, but you know clearly we're not those individuals. And I felt like you were being smart. So, and then I just felt like he had like a, an arrogance about himself because one of the things he said when he got there was like, we're going to be a great team without no-name players. I'm like, that doesn't make sense to me because eventually somebody's going to make a name for themselves. Mm-hmm. So you can't be a great team with a bunch of no-name players. Like, it just didn't make sense. But that was his philosophy at first until you end up, you know, getting other people and adding them more to the mix. But it was kind just of pick- I was going to say, piggybacking off on that, like some Tice was known for being an offensive line guy. So that makes sense as to why you would be fond of him. Now, Troy, how did that t- – go for a wide receiver and being in the wide receiver room did I mean, uh, Mike Tyson knowledge help. Okay. But like did his, like what he, his football, I, I guess I don't, I'm not familiar with Mike Tyson's football acumen other than, you know, I was a fan of his as well, but did that help translate to the wide receiver room as well? Or is he yeah, strictly I mean, an offensive line guy? It wasn't just, I wouldn't even say just a wide receiver room. I mean, just a team in general, just being a team that he's a player's coach, somebody who's yeah. uh, played, you know, played before and, you know, know what it takes to, to do it at the highest level. So, but uh, Mike Tice done it uh, for me. He he won me over when he drafted me seven. So do you think someone me. like I mean, Tice? I, I was, was going to ride with him until I couldn't ride with him no more. That, that think, was enough for me. Do you think someone like Tice, like it seems like nowadays a lot of the coaches that are those hot names are those player coaches, those ones that players are fond of. Do you think Tice would have more success now than he did in the mid-2000s? I think so. I mean, just the type of player, I mean, just the type of coach he was and the type of players that he had around him. When I came in, I mean, you talk about guys like Antoine Winfield, you know, Brian McKinney, Marcus Robinson, uh, Nate Burleson, (laughs) some of those guys that uh, 
that you know that that we can look up to and be you know be as you know have leaders that we can uh, look up to. I'm willing to bet that Sally's going to come back to the Childress topic a little bit later because it's <laughs> supremely fascinating to her. But for a moment, in case we forget, I want to take us back to present day. And I know we haven't had a draft. That will happen three weeks from tomorrow. But what would you say are your expectations for the 2021 Vikings with the current roster? Is that me or Big Mac? Um, you, if that's all right. <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm looking at the Vikings from, you know, from where I'm sitting – I would always go offensive line. I'm giving it to, you know, the Brian McKinney. I mean, a guy that, you know, played the position for a long time and, you know, going to be able to protect the quarterback and be able to make things, the quarterback be able to make things happen. That's, that's what I believe. And like we said before, you can never have too many offensive linemen uh, to come in and be able to play and step in and, uh, and to be able to do a good job for an organization like that. We feel the same way. Uh, we feel offensive linemen needy, um, especially in the past last half decade. Um, on the same topic, sir, what about your general opinion of the quarterback, Kirk Cousins? What say you? Uh, That's a long pause. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to pass it to, to Big Matt. Well, they know how I feel about him already, so that's why you're here as our guest. So what we wonder how you feel. <laughs> I don't, oh I don't God, know how I love feel. this. I love this. Right now. Think about <laughs> it. Uh, I know Minnesota has a strong, strong, strong run game. And what I don't want to do is because I know how I was as a player and people looking down on you and judging you, but they just really don't know the pressure that you up under. So I don't want to put, you know, or say the wrong things about Kirk Cousins because I don't know what he's going through, what he has to deal with. With me saying that. We got a strong run game, but I believe if we had somebody at another position that was a little bit stronger, that that, that would put us over the top. Wow, this is like you should go into South Carolina politics. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, that was a wonderful answer to Im, for, imply. Yeah. So eloquent. It was. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was a compliment. I'm a yeah. political scientist by trade, so I, I'm, I'm particularly <laughs> impressed by it. Well, I appreciate it. Hell yeah. So now kind of switching gears, kind of going to mixed bag, both with your past and with the draft coming up with the, the current yeah. outlook for the team as a player. And Brian, you can touch on this as well. Do you, do you guys get too much into the weeds as far as like where you think that the team should go rather than what they would do? Like, you know, say they're deep, like being on both you being on offense. It's like, Hey, why not just stockpile the offense and forget about the defense? Or do you look at it as, Hey, the defense might be a little weaker. Why don't we try to plug some holes there? Do you guys have opinions on that? Or do you just go out there and handle your business? I think far as like the draft, you kind of have an idea of what you think they should draft, but that doesn't always happen. Because sometimes somebody that's at a better value is available, so they may take that person. But um, in your mind, you feel like certain areas um, could be improved, so you think you'll do it during the draft. So it always depends on who's who's available, you know, at our pick, and then um, it can go your way, and it can go they can go at random. Direction too. As long as they're not drafting someone to replace you, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Am I up next? Yeah, you, you want to touch on that? Add that. You're the guest. Oh, okay. I mean, my my thing is is that when it comes to the draft and when it comes to a team and you a team that you follow, my thing is it's a everybody says a copycat league, and you're gonna see what everybody wants this year. 
They're going to want a quarterback. I think the, the, the top five out of the top five picks, you're going to get four quarterbacks draft. That's just my opinion. But after that, I think a lot of defense coming off the board because they're going to look at what uh, Tampa Bay has done when it comes to being able to play the defense that they played in the Super Bowl against a team like Kansas City and uh, to be able to put some pieces in place to be able to stop some of these uh, quarterbacks that's being drafted and some of the guys that's that's in the, uh, the league now that's established that it's how, how, how are we going to be able to stop them? When um, oh, I want to point this out for anybody that listens to this on audio only before we get to Alexa's next question, Troy is wearing a Goonies t-shirt. I am. I did not expect <laughs> that sort of apparel, but I am also impressed by that. So is there a little backstory? You just enjoy the movie. It's, it's for one, I got this shirt from Target. So I love shopping t-shirts at Target. Yeah. So I love Target t-shirt because they fit like, Athletic, oh, really. they, they show my all the workouts that I do. So I want to make sure I show off my muscles and stuff. So Target got the best T-shirts, but I also oh. love the Goonies movie. So so it, it kind of play hand in hand. Yeah, it's best of both worlds. We're all in that same era of the timeline. So <laughs> <laughs> all right, Alexis, what's your next thing for Troy or Bryant? I'm gonna stick to future and ask Troy, what have you been doing since leaving the NFL? I heard a sandwich business. Yes, we had a sandwich business. We ended up selling it. Uh, okay. Because we didn't really want to do the day to day. Uh, the day right. we got we got four kids. Me and the wife got four kids, so they kind of keep. I got busy. two. I got it. I, got, I understand. So we, uh, we end up selling that. Right now, I'm doing. I do a lot of motivational speaking, going into high schools, talking to the military, talking to colleges. Uh, okay. That's my kind of my main focus. But with COVID, I just been pretty much just been chilling with the family. Uh, I had the opportunity. I have the opportunity to be able to in draft seventh. I was able to take care of what I was given, invest, and being able to uh, to, to to chill out for a little bit to be able to uh, until COVID lifts and I'll be able to get back on on this thing you call a grind. Right. Troy, I think you and I are about five months apart in terms of age. Uh, how old are your kids? Oh my God! <laughs> that's, a question, that's a question you asked the wife. But anyway, I got a seven-year-old. I got a 10-year-old, I got an 11-year-old, and I got a 13-year-old. Oh, okay. So kind of bunched in there. That's excellent. They, they kind of they kind of keep us busy. That's what they do. Yeah. No. I bet. So we got football. We got track. We got soccer. We got chilling. We got – it's just a lot of stuff. I mean, and I and I enjoy it. That's one of – that's 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 my that's my second job. So I, I really enjoy it. Do they understand your Goonies shirt? They don't. They don't. Well, you got to educate. <laughs> I know, right? We need to sit down and watch that movie. We probably will do that. <laughs> All right. Excellent. All right, Sally, what do you got? All right, Troy. Well, I got to be honest. I'm a little disappointed that you don't have the Witch Witch anymore because I'm a real big fan. I'm a big fan. It's the best. I'm, I'm still a big fan too. Yeah, it's the best sandwich chain around, and a lot of people don't know about it. We only have one here, so I was hoping I could pressure you to open one here, but I guess not. But I mean, it's still a possibility. I mean, oh, okay. I just if I can find somebody to to run it, it, it could be a possibility. I'll run it for you. I'm not passionate about Witch Witch. Okay, that, that, that might can work. <laughs> no, I used to work next door to one for a few years, and you just never get sick of it. There's so many. I agree. Things. So many options. Ooh, all right. Well, I don't know if we should get back into this because it's been so fun. But um, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. So going back to Brad Childress, you know, obviously he was a difficult guy to work with. Um, um, okay, so obviously it was pretty obvious he was a difficult guy to work with, but it seems like he singled you out a lot and you mm -hmm. received the brunt of his wrath. 
Um, and I remember the story about you um, having to leave because your family was dealing with a tragedy. You were losing someone that was very mm -hmm. close to you. And he not only chastised you publicly for that, but he also then punished you monetarily with taking your game check until Bryant and some other guys stepped in and talked some sense into him, which I would like to hear about. But what was it like to return to that atmosphere, knowing that someone who's supposed to support you um, has no sympathy for you, no empathy for you? And how does that affect you? Mentally? Can I say something too, though? Because yeah. I, I had I had a high school friend pass away, Dawn. We were in training camp and I wanted to go to the funeral with somebody from high school I grew up with. And he made me make a decision like you're letting everybody and made me feel guilty and I didn't go. You know what I'm saying? I had to send some stuff to take care of the funeral, but made me feel guilty. And I was like, this is preseason. Like, it's not like a regular season. Like, this is where it's a preseason game. Man. And I could not leave. The, like, he made me feel so bad for even trying for even asking to leave. So I do want to hear Troy's response to that because Troy left. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like you should have. Because I, I look back now, like, I should have left, too. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's yeah. inhumane. But that was like, yeah. that was like to me, that was like bad. And, like, and, and because I didn't leave, I guess they didn't make the news or the media because I just decided to stay. Right. But like a lot of people didn't even know, like, this is somebody I grew up with. And this is a preseason. Preseason. Like, preseason you know I mean? or not. Like, and I mean, I you got to go. handle your stuff. That's, yeah, that's unacceptable. Right. Right. So... So I kind of understand. I kind of feel him on that situation too, and definitely was going to be a, somebody who speaks up because how can you tell somebody that they can't visit, you know, pay their respects to a friend or a family member? Like, come on, who, yeah, like, who, who does that? No fan in the world is ever going to be mad that a player misses because of a funeral, right? If they are, then they're like they don't deserve to ever watch or anything. Like in my opinion, so. Well, I just wonder, how do you trust a guy like that afterwards when you know he doesn't have your back? How are you supposed to have his back is is what I'm getting at, you know? Well, you don't. <laughs> uh, that, when I came back, what happened before, when we sat down and he was like, Troy, you can go down. Uh, because he gave me the option to go. Like, go, go down for a day and come back. I need you back. Mm -hmm. So I told him, like, it, it's not going to work that way. Like, you know, this is my grandma, like somebody that helped raise me. Mm -hmm. So you just don't go and then come back. Right. Like it's, I need, I need time to, to mourn. And you got to understand people handle these situations different. Like I've seen guys lose somebody and they want to play, but that, that wasn't me. Yeah. The reason why I can say that is because maybe, you know, things weren't going the way I was, where I needed to go. And maybe I just need to get away and I need to be around family. But when I left and what happened was my position coach told me to leave. He was like, go and we'll handle it when, when you get back. Mm -hmm. So I jumped on the flight and I left and I hadn't even talked to Coach Childress. Mm -hmm. So I went, stayed gone for a week, missed the game, came back. And when I got back, he, he sat in his office. He said, you know, Troy, I'm going to take your, your, uh, your game check. I'm like, you can take the rest of my money for the rest of the year. It wouldn't matter to me. But the reason being because this is my grandma. Like, this is somebody that raised me, somebody who took care of me, somebody that I love, and nothing that you can do gonna make gonna make me feel any type of way for going. So that's when Brian McKinney, Antoine Winfield, and a bunch of other guys stepped up and and actually uh, helped me get my game check back when we ended up donating anyway to the Boys and Girls Club. Wow. 
Okuda, so how- you big Mac, so I gotta step in and be a true leader. <laughs> yeah, that was big. I pre- I really do appreciate that. We don't need to call oh, him Coach Childress anymore because he sounds like a jackass. We can just call him <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> or yeah, Brian, right? Right, Brian, we, or not Brian? We can call him Bruce or something. So. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I said that when I got to Jacksonville and, they, and Minnesota was coming to Jacksonville, I told him I'd meet him on the fifty yard line because I'm I was serious because. I, and and another player's coach, Coach Del Rio, which is another coach that that I admire and another uh a great coach. I mean, because he's a player coach, a guy who played at the highest level, know what it takes to be a uh, a football player, and also what it takes to to stay in the league. I mean, with him being a, being a coach as long as he's been a uh, coach, uh, he told me, Troy, we're not gonna dress you. We're just gonna let you chill because it was serious for me. Like I really wanted to take this man neck uh. His head off his neck, no, no Und- doubt. Understand, uh, uh, but it's uh, but I'm gonna interrupt for just a second to talk about SundayScaries.com. You're going to dominate 2021. As soon as 2020 ended, you took a good look in the rearview mirror and said, "F you." 2021 for you is all about self care and love, which means you're focusing on being happy and feeling relaxed. Mental clarity is the first step to a better life, which is why uh, you've been. Taking down Sunday scary CBD gummies, berries, <clears throat> bears like candy. When your mind starts racing or you need to decompress, you simply pop two gummies. Twenty minutes, you're in a total max relax chill mode. And there's no risk to buy. The company offers a 100% lifetime money back guarantee. If the product is not for you, that's okay. You'll get your money back. Sunday scaries is the stress is in the stress relieving business, not the stress causing business. Uh, you got 20%, 25% off to prove it. Visit sundayscaries.com and use the promo believe B L E A V for your discount. That's the promo code believe B L E A V for 20% off, 25% off sundayscaries.com. They're effing amazing and you will not regret joining the squad. Was that based on the issue with your grandmother or was that just a buildup of years of animosity towards him and how he treated you? Just a little bit, uh, a little bit of everything. But the biggest thing was with my grandma. Mm-hmm. Don't give me the ultimatum when it comes to that. Right. Don't don't do that. I mean, That's- obviously, you don't you don't value family like I value family that, that because you don't don't mean uh, you should take that away from me. Yeah, I think yeah. I, felt. I think even the non-football players on uh, this show tonight can relate in real life, like you know, with managers they've accrued over these adult years, where in a bereavement situation or really anything in that same uh, realm, like there's some managers, directors, you know, CEOs that will say, "Take as much time as you need." I get it, and there's some that will say, "Well, let me check the handbook and see how much time you have, and see if we can see if we can accommodate that." And right. it's really just. Uh, I don't. I, I perceive it as a character trait, um, you know, a litmus test on whether or not that person has a soul. Uh, because if if you're focused on like, well, you know, how long can we be without her? It's it's you know, lunacy to uh, be thinking about work during a time like that. So yeah. we're, we're with you, Troy. Uh, Alexis, what do you got for both uh, Bryant and Troy tonight? Well, I was going with the whole storyline back then when that all happened with the wanting to duke it out with Brad and that (laughs) saying that seemed to stick with everyone. Um, Was it, did you move past it easily? I mean, you obviously didn't interact with him ever again. Did he ever try to speak to you about it? No, uh, I don't think he want to speak to me, uh, speak to me. The thing about it is I meet him on a 50 yard line right now. That's how I still feel. No doubt. Uh, that's just me. 
And I feel like he don't have to apologize, but we can, I can, I can be the apology out of him if I need to, if, we, right. if that need be. So that's how I feel. Right. He well, should have. I mean, I would have apologized. But Thank he doesn't seem like the that. kind of guy that has that in him. He has too much pride. It's too much pride. Yeah. I, I, don't I don't think it's even just pride. It just doesn't seem like he has that part of his brain that he's able to emphasize with other people. Yeah. And I don't know how you can get motivated by somebody like that. Right. I think I there's a distinction that should be made, too, that uh, we hear especially back in those days and a lot, a lot of them before that there are hard nosed coaches like Parcells and, you know, Belichick now, or even ours Zimmer, but there's a fine line between being a prick and being a hard nosed football coach. And it I seems agree. like there, it was both or a, a wannabe hard nosed football coach that would do stuff like this, which is just unfathomable to me. Um, but we don't have to Probably. worry about him anymore. I uh, feel like a hard nosed coach is somebody who like, you know, tough and practice things like that. But when you have personal issues on the side, they kind of understand and allow you to deal with the issue and know you'll be right back as soon as you can. You know what right, I'm saying? I agree. Well, it's probably telling as to why he's never had another crack at being <laughs> a head coach. Like, so maybe he's got the knowledge in the world, all the knowledge in the world to be a quality assistant, but there's right. a reason why he's not being hired again. So, yeah. um, but uh, yeah, well, you know, Troy, thanks for sharing your experience on that. Cause I know, I think all of us had questions regarding that. So um, obviously we were all on your side on that because even of what that. we've read on the <laughs> media, like, yeah, it's, it, it sounded like a very cold situation to be a part of. And, uh, yeah, um, but uh, so you, you touched on it already a little bit on um, like, you didn't think you were mentally prepared to be drafted, especially as high as you did, right. but taking the knowledge that you had throughout that you gained in the NFL. Um, I mean, obviously that's a, 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 a fantastic goal to accomplish in its own right just making it to the nfl but um if you were to go back and restart your career with the knowledge that you gained while in the nfl how do you think your career would have played out differently you know i don't know because i was dealing with a lot of other demons outside of me not being mentally ready uh which a lot of things that i found outside of after i got finished playing was that i was dealing with depression i was dealing with anxiety that i didn't know what it was uh, this is why I'm playing in the NFL while I played in college when I played in high school that I didn't know that I was dealing with. Like even now, like I uh, I take med- medicine every day to deal with my anxiety and my depression because I didn't know what it was I was dealing with when I was uh, going and playing and couldn't, you know, pretty much get through a game because of how my mind would work or how I would feel a certain type of way. So I really don't know. Like if I can get, if I could have gotten that under control, I, w- I think I would be, I think I would be fine. But now uh, I can't, I can't really answer that question because I didn't know, wouldn't know if I would have that under control or not. Well, yeah, again, thanks for sharing. Like that's, uh, you know, from us, like being Vikings fans and watching games and reading articles and whatnot, like we don't see all that type of stuff. But yeah. nowadays, like, I feel like it's being, it's not as taboo to be talked about. Like, cause obviously everyone's human. They all have their own mm-hmm. issues that they're dealing with. So, um, you know, it obviously does make a lot of sense as to, um, you know, it, it, if everyone's playing on a clean head and everything, sure, like talent takes over, right. but um, you don't just lose ability. Um, so again, yeah, thanks for thanks for getting candid uh, with no us. No problem, no problem at all. And one thing yeah. I I'll say about that because even the, when the people come to listen to this podcast or however y'all gonna you know post it, one thing I'm not looking for is sympathy. Y'all be hard on me, like you you talk all the trash you want. Don't 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 because I, I feed off that. 
all the trash that people talked about me not being able to catch, not being able to do this. I feed off that. That 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 drives me into my second uh, into my livelihood now when it comes to my kids, my wife, um, my livelihood. So uh, it's all good. I'm not looking for no sympathy from nobody. So uh, I just wanted to share that because I know people now in this league now that uh, in NFL now that dealing with stuff that they, they don't know they don't have an idea what they're dealing with. They had they just look. I just looked up by going to my doctor and him sitting down with me and giving me a test to find out that I was dealing with these issues, mm-hmm. not even knowing. So it is, you know, it is what it is. And it seems like it's something that like in the NFL, like, well, one, like if there's ever anything that happens, like they want to blame like the media or whatever, they want to blame CTE, for example. Whereas right. now at least like, I don't know if you follow the NBA, but it seems like in the NBA, there's that discussion of mental health and kind of keeping that, like, obviously that's the first priority. Cause if you know, you guys as athletes aren't feeling yourself, then like how how are we as fans expected to see the best out of you? So, right. um, I mean, hopefully that kind of makes its way to the NFL as well, where it's not as you know again taboo to be like, hey, well, because everyone's got issues. We all know that. Doesn't matter, right. like just because you're you know professional athlete, you know, getting paid big bucks that you're immune to either criticism or whatever. So, right. um, obviously being self aware is a big part of it. But um, you know, and yeah, it's I, I mean, since you, I, since you test on the CTE thing, uh. One of the things that I want to talk about is this whole, uh, uh, what what I call it? Uh, help me out, Brian. Well, like the testing process, or the what? testing process with CTE. Uh, and I have I have people. It's, it's crazy because I feel like I'm, I'm. Well, I know I have some issues when it comes to CTE. No doubt. I'm and, sure going across the middle getting hit doesn't hit <laughs> one hit you'll feel right. It. And it's, and it's and the thing about it is that the I don't know if it's the NFL or whoever is over the whole the whole the thing. Is they that don't they, want to pay people because they proud on you. I've I've tested and I've qualified for it. I've tested for it um a while back and I've qualified for it and I've got audited twice and then they're telling me. But you're too active. It's like I'm not a big potato. I'm not going to just right. say that. I agree. It's certain things you still got to do. Actually, being more active in movement kind of helps you. Helps you, know you right? Instead of being stagnant and not doing anything, but they feel like, oh, looking at my social media, he moves right. He's too busy. He really can't be suffering too bad. But it's like, hello, you have to do things to keep you mentally sharp. Right. To keep you physically sharp, like to keep your body and keep your mind going. Like they want you to just like do nothing, absolutely nothing, in order for them to give you their money and then. They ordered me twice. I cleared everything, and then it's still like. Then he went to my Instagram, like he's too active. So I right. think it's a bunch of BS. And the thing about it, though, is I know for me because I've been audited twice also, and they tell me I'm too active, I'm doing right. too much. Uh, but what you expect me to do? We got to, we got to live. You got to continue we, to live. We got, we, we, we have to. We, you got to make money. I mean, what you expect to do? Just stop and stop and don't do nothing to wait on y'all to do to wait two years to to uh, to try to make things right. So that's one of the things I, I wanted to make sure I get across when it when it comes to this is because I know for sure. But we have oh, the well, test scores to show that we qualified for it. Well, can you right. guys talk about what is the test and then what is this auditing business? Like, what's the process? It's like a neurological test you have to take. And that thing, one of them tests, because it's like two different tests. One of them tests is like three or four hours long. Right. And that's <laughs> and them you asking know, you questions or it's like a... It's questions. It's like oh, you got to okay. fill in. But it keeps asking me the same questions like throughout the thing to make sure you're not just doing anything. That's long. Um, 
another one you sit with like a neurologist, he's asking questions. Right. They end up basically grading you out. And you when you grade out a certain level, that means you qualify to be in that range of CT or whatever. And then in certain levels, and it will tell you what you would get paid based on if you get a, a one or 1.5 or two, two things like yeah. that. So they can take they can send it to the NFL, they look at it, they review it. Then all of a sudden they start auditing you for different things, like different random stuff. So then I got audited twice and then everything came back fine. And then it's like, okay, now somebody's following my social media and they're like, right. he's way too active. There's no way. And it's like, huh? So, so everybody want to disregard so. all the testing and everything. The audit is like, all those hours that came and showed y'all this. But by you looking at my social media, it's going to tell you something different. Doesn't make sense to me. Which isn't real life. That's the best sides of someone's life. Social media is right. I can give you 10 seconds of my life <laughs> real quick. And that's it. <laughs> but I know, listen, the thing about it, the reason why I wanted to say this, because I know whoever, whoever audited us is going to listen to this video. <laughs> oh, to make sure you... <laughs> to make sure, like, they're going to, like, he talking too fast, like, he know too much. Right, right. But the thing about it, we take tests. I don't took, like, three or four tests. We'd have done it. So I know you're going to listen to this and understand that nothing has changed when it comes to me. We have to make a living. We have to do what we have to do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When it comes to supporting our family, and right. you know, doing to do to make you know to make a living. And uh, Mr. and Mrs. Auditor, if you're listening, this ear this <laughs> eerily reminds me of uh, you know when folks uh, somewhat similar concept when folks are entitled to food stamps or get some sort of assistance for food, and then people are like, "Well, what are you doing buying pop tarts or something like that?" It's right. like, who gives a shit? They're eating food. <laughs> like you know, stick stick to your own business. Uh, right. I don't understand that. On the uh, anxiety and depression thing, I want to point out the NBA uh, does everything supremely um, or at least more superior, uh, even, you know, getting the bubble thrown together in like a month's notice. And so Kevin Love comes to mind for his uh, outspokenness on the matter of anxiety and depression. And then the football is, or NFL is kind of getting there too. The Vikings, especially, they made that their point of emphasis even yeah. today with Eric Kendricks announcing his uh, commitment to some sort of mental health startup. And then Thielen's do a bunch of that. So the Vikings are in good shape there. And then on a personal note, I have a lot of anxiety and depression um, in my family from family members that I can I learn from. And notably, my my great-grandmother, who passed away about 25 years ago now, she had anxiety to the point where she is agoraphobic. And this was like, you know, 70s and 80s. And like you're talking about, Troy, didn't know what the hell was wrong with her, just thought she was quietly right. crazy. And right. it wasn't until like her last, I want to say, eight years of life that she got on Clonopin. And it completely changed everything. Like she, uh, I remember vividly as a youngster, we, one time we went to her house and she wouldn't open the door, even though she knew damn well who my mom and I were. Um, but once she started to get medicated on clonazepam, uh, it was a game changer. So right. if, if some of you folks out there inevitably suffer from that type of uh, malady, uh, I know for a fact that in my family, um, clonopin does work with the doctor's prescription. So, Troy, I think I appreciate you bringing that up. Um, my question, let's see here, if I can go back to football before we okay. hop off air, is you said that you follow players more so than mm -hmm. teams, and that's that's mm -hmm. awesome. Uh, give me some players that you follow particularly or that you enjoy right now in the NFL. Well, I still follow Adrian Peterson. I mean, the guy that I played with in Minnesota. Uh, you know, Lamar Jackson, uh, Larry Fitzgerald, uh, just some of the old heads slash, you know, some of the new guys that's coming in. Uh, that's that's just me. I sit down, I turn on NFL Red Zone, and I'm watching my players, and obviously the players that I drafted when it comes to fantasy. So uh, it just really uh, 
just depends on what team playing and who I draft that year in fantasy football. So how many leagues do you play? Just one? Maybe four. Okay. So you're like one of, you're like uh, Ron or I here where, you know, you really get into it. I try to, I mean, and we, and we bet a little money. I mean, we probably have one, I think maybe like uh, a few, you know, a few hundred to a thousand dollars, maybe it depends on what league we in. Okay. Got to make it worth it. <laughs> break agree. it down. Break it down. It's got, like, you know, for a, like people want to do like twenty dollar leagues or whatever. It's like that's not even a dollar a week. It's not worth right. time. So. Right, right, <laughs> do you right. play with? Other, do you play with former players or just like your 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 buddies and your? Some of my buddies I went to high school with. Okay. Uh, we got maybe like fourteen players in the league. So if you got fourteen players, you know it's not too many. You got to really be able to, <laughs> to pick. Well, what about we got a twenty man yeah, league thanks I, uh, to Dustin? So. Yeah, oh my god! Yeah, you won't 20. believe this. Last summer, I piloted and I loved it. I think most people did. I did a twenty team league, and uh, it was the most interesting thing in the world because quarterbacks started flying off the draft board like ten minutes into the draft, and right. I notoriously wait to draft a quarterback. And once dudes started to go, I'm staring at like Tarod Taylor, thinking this is gonna be my guy, <laughs> and you know, panicking, thinking like this is not this is not how I designed this. Right. Uh, but yeah, all right, let's start to wrap up here. Sally, do you have what do you have uh, for Troy or Bryant? Well, Troy, I just wanted to say also thank you for sharing that. You know, it's something I can definitely personally relate to. And the more people who speak about it, and especially people in your position who's a male and athlete, I think that really makes a difference. So thank you for that. Um, and then, you know, let's end on a lighthearted note. Um, okay. The two of you guys are obviously, you guys were tight when you were here in Minnesota. He had your back. Do you guys have any funny stories of something that maybe happened in the locker room or Mankato or something, something cool that people don't really know about? Well, let me, t- I can tell I can tell you a story. Listen, <laughs> now when it comes to Big Mac, like he really taught me like how to have a good time. Because when I first <laughs> got to Minnesota, like I was always out, I, I stayed in my room, I stayed to myself. But before then, before I, when I first got drafted, I went down to Miami for, I think, Memorial Day weekend. And everybody I always heard about was Big Mac. I'm like, who is this Big Mac? Oh, he played for the Vikings. Like, he's on your team, blah, blah. So I went to have a good time, and he really showed me how to have a good time. And that's what I pattern my life at as of right now. So when I'm with my friends, like, they call me, like, you can call me the mini Big Mac. So I make sure everybody have a good time. Right. Everybody's taken care of. So that's what I want to take for Big Mac. And I really appreciate you for, you know, for doing that for me. I really seems like if you watch his Instagram, he's still doing that to this day. Don't say that. Everybody says great things about Brian. It's like every like Burleson was just so complimentary. So you, it seems like you really walked the walk, my dude. Yeah, man, he really did. I try to, to get on your bad side. Come together in the locker room. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, we just have a good time as at the same time being at work and just you know just having fun. Yeah. Alexis, do you have anything else for these gentlemen tonight? Um, Troy, who do you guys still keep in contact with from that team that year, the 2005, 2007 year? Uh, Anyone you're close with? Theatric Faison. Okay. There's a guy that I, I talked to. Chris, uh, I forgot his last name. Another receiver that came in with me, but I forgot his last name. But we always keep in contact, talking on Facebook. Was actually finna plan to get up, try to get up before the whole COVID thing happened. So that kind of fell through. So we'll try to do that later on uh, down the road. Yeah. And Bryant, you're tight with Moeldy Moore, <laughs> Chester Taylor. Who are, who else? Barbarian? Uh, Bernard, um, Randy. I mean, there's a few guys. 
AP. Yeah. I mean, some of them came on the show already. Pat Williams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or Pat. And then he knows he knows everybody that went Pat. to Miami. Yeah. Okay. I'm so near Miami. Pat came on already. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> missed a good one. He knows them all. <laughs> All right. Well, that's all we got for tonight, Troy. We are uh, very grateful you could join us. I hope that you will come back maybe when the season starts. And we Anytime can kind of... y'all need me, I, I'm here. Oh, well, y'all we're going to take it. you up on that. This was excellent. Right. I even joined one of y'all leagues if y'all need an extra person. <laughs> well, hey, th- you better be careful with your words because I'm going to put your ass down on one of my leagues. I'm today. with you. I'm with you. I got you. <laughs> well, the I thing is, you. I'm going to tell all my friends that, hey, a, a former Viking is going to play and they're going to be like, you're kidding. And then I'm going to try to reach out to you and you'll mysteriously not respond. <laughs> because Big Mac going to make sure... Big Mac gonna make sure I respond. Like, make sure. <laughs> okay. Well, hey, about two months ago, Warren Sapp was on here and says that he wants to go ice fishing with me, right. and I'm waiting for receipts on if that's gonna pan out or not. So, well, I want to go ice fishing too. <laughs> yeah, try that too. <laughs> and he's he was dead serious. Like he afterward, I I told I texted and I was like, "You're playing, right?" And he was like, "Hell no, I ain't playing." <laughs> so. Give me a reason to come. He, to if you follow him on Instagram, he goes fishing a lot. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, he, he has a his, even on Twitter, it's either sap fishing or sap not that fishing. Or is or is This what I need y'all to do. I need all y'all to follow me on Instagram at mm-hmm. Troy L yeah. Williamson, and then Absolutely. I'll follow all you guys back. Okay. Absolutely. Perfect. I don't. I don't post anything. I only get tagged in like my kids stuff. It's, but uh... it's cool, man. I don't really post that much either. So we okay. good. All right. Well, you well, better I... not. You're getting in trouble for all your posts. Yeah. I know. Yeah, gotta keep that on the down. <laughs> Troy, I can guarantee you'll hear from me on the fantasy football offer in some capacity. All right, homie? Well, that'll work. I appreciate y'all, man. All right. That's all we have for tonight. Thank you. Skull Vikings. All right, Big Mac. All right. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.